0: Hello everyone, and thank you for coming back to yet another episode of The Gloving Paradigm. I am your host, Peter, aka lpd 8 Debuke, and this week is going to be a very interesting week because I'm going to be covering a topic that I did not ask a question about, kind of seeing if you guys are actually paying attention to what I'm actually doing online in a way, so (laughs) this week I'm pretty much going to be covering something that I wanted to ask a question about, but I have already have good amount of experience myself in doing this so I figure I can actually just go about from my experience and what I've learned over my time doing it when I was doing it very often as I would put it so this week I'm covering the whole mentor-pupil paradigm that's going that goes on between somebody who's teaching and somebody who's learning from said teacher my experience with that is through my younger brother as well as a couple of people who I got them interested into gloving and they kind of took off on their own after learning pretty much a good amount from me. And then just like I said, they took off on their own and just went their own way on it. And I'm okay with that because being somebody who's been a mentor to people, I I'm very happy to see when somebody actually goes, Hey, I'm so glad that you taught me this stuff. Look at, how much i've actually taught on my own and kind of just go off from there uh it's it's kind of like planting a seed and watching it grow from the beginning and then rapidly growing beyond your control in a way that to me is actually really really exciting to see so what i'm actually going to do in this episode is pretty much kind of break down the paradigm between the mentor and the pupil and the things that both said mentor and pupil should be doing together as well on their own. So that way, if you're somebody who, like me, wants to teach more people and wants to be a mentor for more people, this should be a good breaking guide for you to really take into consideration of how you should be structuring things and how you should be going about and conducting certain things. So with that being out of the way, we're going to just get right into it. So basically, the first thing I want to cover is the mentor. And everybody who knows a mentor is supposed to be pretty much, you know, the, the master of the art. And that they have such a wealth of knowledge, which I will certainly say, in my experience, that's never really the case. You know, most mentors are still people who are in learning as well, and they're just able to impart their knowledge onto you. One of the things I would definitely want to explain to a lot of people who are trying to be mentors is please understand that there are things that you're going to see happen that might irk you because from your own personal experience, you might have had trouble with or, you know, just had a hard time grasping and seeing your pupils being able to grasp it much faster than you. Yeah, it might might irritate you a little bit, but fear not is something that you're just going to have to learn to deal with there's there was a lot of people that I taught that picked up on it way faster than I did and yeah I can certainly tell you that my younger picked up tutting way faster than I did and that really irked me to a point because it took me so long to learn it and to see somebody like him learn it so quickly it's just like how is that even possible I will certainly say the reason why your pupil most likely will learn something that took you a long while to learn is because how you taught them made it simply easier for them to learn it so it's not necessarily something you should be mad at it should actually be actually something you should be proud of because you were able to teach somebody something that was hard for you to learn much faster thus also showing that your teaching ability is actually really good okay so From my experiences like showing my younger brother how to do tutting and stuff like that and him picking it up way faster and not only picking it up way faster but also being able to take off with it and do his own concepts with it was actually really really exciting. At first I was like I told him I was like I'm so mad that you actually learned it faster than I did but he also had to remind me like if it wasn't for you showing me how you learned it I probably wouldn't have learned it as easily as I did. So that's something I would definitely want to implore on to people who want to be mentors, is that, yeah, your pupils are gonna learn faster than you. They're gonna learn things faster than you did, and it's not necessarily because they just are able to pick it up. It most likely is because your teaching ability was able to break it down and make it much more easily digestible for your pupil to learn it. Okay, that's something that I always want to try to explain to people that yes, you're going to have situations like that happen, but it is not a bad thing. That should actually be a good thing on your part because you're able to teach somebody something so quickly, if that makes any sense. okay. Another thing I definitely want to tell people who want to be mentors is if you're picking somebody as a pupil who has literally no foundation whatsoever in the gloving art, then your focus should be on the fundamentals mostly. Of course, I know this is probably, you know, somebody beating a dead horse to death and keep beating it with the same stick. However, there's a reason why people do it because it's that important. Okay, so fundamentals are literally going to be the foundation for your pupils to literally take off on their own. You know, when I showed my younger brother tutting and got him into tutting, you know, I showed him the basic fundamentals of the things that I learned from other people and what I've, you know, gathered myself and actually was able to, pretty much consolidate into a lesson for him if was able to actually build off of that much more quickly and be able to develop his own style archetype in essence from that so when you are teaching your pupils the fundamentals you're literally just giving them the basics and then you want to encourage them to experiment you know you want them to if they think something might look cool to try it out and if it doesn't look that cool they can either just guard it or they can actually you know consult with you the mentor to actually create something and that's one of the major things that my younger brother and other people had taught when they had a cool concept idea in their head that they wanted to try out and they would actually come to me and be like hey how would you go about doing this you're working with each other to create something new and that's one of the big things i love about the whole mentor people paradigm is that it's not you teaching them it's you know you and him or her teaching each other and growing together in essence you know um it's kind of one of the coolest things i like about being a mentor is seeing somebody actually get up to the same speed as i am very quickly and not necessarily plateauing but now being able to grow at a pace like you are and guys are basically able to grow together as glovers you know what i mean so that's something i always want to tell people to keep in mind is you know just focus on doing the fundamentals first and once your pupils start coming with you with concept ideas that's when you really are going to get into the whole teaching them and guiding them and helping them to facilitate what they're trying to do which is in my opinion a flawless segue to the next one which is pretty much showing how to break down concepts now I know some people might not even have this idea in their head, but it is something that I always try to do. It is to literally take a concept, whether it be tutting or liquid or king tutting or digiting or dialing or whatever the case may be, and literally break down to the very basic movements that you're doing. So like, let's just say dialing for example. It's literally just taking two fingers, stacking them on top of each other, and then just rotating the fingers on top of each other. So, showing them that that's the basic thing, they're going to focus on just learning how to do that basically independently of them having to focus on that thought, you know. And then you slowly take other pieces or the basic forms of it and then you start combining them together and thus building onto the concept itself. Um, many of my listeners already know that I say deconstructuralism a lot when it comes to concept learning and there's a reason. And it's because you're literally taking the whole thing and breaking it down to its basic parts. And then you're teaching your pupil to put it back together. Thus, that way they learn all the ins and outs of the intricacies of the concepts. Kind of like taking apart a part watch and putting it back together. You're learning all the intricate parts that causes the clock to work, you know? So that's what I'm always gonna push is deconstructionalism when it comes to teaching people concept arts, because that's really how it's gonna make it a lot easier. At least that's the way it's always been for me. When I always taught my younger brother concepts and stuff, I really try to help him break it down to the basic things and then you know come up with ideas of how to just use those very basic pieces of that concept and just tinker around with those and then slowly add on to it, you know? So breaking down the concepts is gonna help them And one of the major things that I definitely want to explain to a lot of people who want to be mentors is that you're going to have to learn to adapt your teaching ability to your pupils because I've said this many times before, everyone learns very differently, even to down the point of whether or not they're left-handed or right-handed, they're going to learn differently. And that's not anything against them, nor you or anybody else. That is just basic biology, basically, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But yeah, so when you're teaching your pupil, it's also a learning opportunity for you to learn how to teach to people. You know what I mean? So, you know, there were certain concepts that my younger brother was having a hard time understanding. And it wasn't because he wasn't understanding how I was putting it. It was the way I was teaching it was just not making any sense. So there's a lot of times where I would have to kind of take a step back and really analyze how I'm you know, portraying what I'm trying to teach to my pupils. That way they are able to learn it. You know what I mean? So, you know, like when it came down to king tutting and stuff like that, the way I had to pretty much teach him is, you know, putting his hands in a position and he has to keep it in that kind of position. So let's just say that you have your hands pointing upward. So your hands making the vertical as your arms making the 90 degree horizontal and pretty much just keeping your hand and just rotating your arms to show like the angles of where they are gonna be if they're in that same position. That way, again, you're breaking it down to its basic parts and you're showing them the capabilities of each part and what they can do. You know, That allows their creative juices to start flowing and they start getting ideas. And once they start getting ideas, they're gonna start experimenting. And once they actually hit parts where they are like, okay, maybe I'm not doing this right, they're gonna come to you and you're gonna work with them. And that's pretty much Causing this whole growth conundrum. Well, not conundrum, but this whole growth effect that will happen between you and your people So, you know, that's that's something you definitely want to keep in mind and a great analogy that I always want to use To help people is pretty much the karate kid analogy. You know when Mr. Miyagi pretty much had had him pretty much doing the chores and you know doing wax on wax off as a way to have a secondary benefit to help teach his body the muscle memory for the moves. I'm not saying that you gotta take your pupil and make him go clean the, the fence or do the, the garden or any of that nonsense. I'm I'm talking about showing them the basic moves that they can actually do on a daily basis to help secondarily work on that, if that makes any sense. So I know that comment kind of, that probably sounds really really confusing but I I try to convey it the best way I can. So moving on to the pupils, a couple of things I will certainly say for the pupils, and this is something when I was discussing with my younger brother, these are some of the things he felt were very, very important for the people to know. So, you know, one of them being the mentors, you know, is also there to learn as well, because not only is he learning how to teach people, But you as a pupil are going to be showing him ideas that he can actually work off of. thus again, causing that whole effect of growth between both of you. You know. And I will even say this time and time again. The mentor does not need to know absolutely everything. And it's because there's always new stuff coming out. So for your mentor to be, you know, this grandmaster of it all is kind of a stretch because yes there are people in the community that are at that point where they pretty much mastered everything however you know do not expect your mentor to know absolutely everything because most likely they just have a few miles ahead of you and that's totally fine because it's going to get you up to speed you know and that's one of the great things about gloving is that it always has room to grow and has you know avenues that can travel so do definitely keep that in mind and do not do not get angry when that actually happens because not only are you going to be learning something but so is your mentor and having somebody there to learn with you is actually a great idea in my opinion so that being said when it comes to practicing the things that your mentor has taught you do not hesitate to experiment with it you know uh that that's where you're going to come up with ideas and you're going to be able to try to map them out and then you're going to try to show it to your mentor and if your mentor is adequate enough they're going to be able to take what you're trying to do and help you actually solidify it in some way and actually make it an actual thing that's something which again is a perfect segue into the next thing is to show your mentor the concept that you've been working on you know it, it's just one of the things that sometimes you just need outside sources to actually help you kind of articulate what you're trying to put together, if that makes any sense. So do not ever hesitate to do that, okay? So, when it comes to the whole paradigm of the mentor-pupil relationship, the practice that needs to go into place is pretty substantial. In my opinion, once a week is the perfect basis that anyone can do in terms of training somebody or teaching somebody. You know, it allows them to have that entire week to work on what you've taught them so when they come back, they can learn more and actually show you what they have mastered, right? So, you know, working on one major archetype in gloving is going to be a great thing. So, you know, again, fundamentals is going to be that. And then you're just going to focus on, you know, things like liquid. And you can work on things that are very technical, like tutting and stuff like that. And you can just go from week to week to week. And then you can... You can always circle back to these concepts over and over again because there's so much in said concepts that you can't just do all of it in one week and then be like, Alright, now you have mastered this whole umbrella archetype. Now we're going to work on this one. You know, uh, you got to build on what you already worked on kind of deal, right? So definitely keep that in mind. One major thing I will definitely tell people is use the calisthenics guide that I've created as a structure to help with your pupil. Uh, if you guys remember, I made an episode a couple of weeks back called Gloving Calisthenics. I pretty much just took a regular workout regimen that my mom uses on a daily basis and tailored it to gloving to help not only the mentor have a way to structure their pretty much their lesson, but also for the pupil to use on a daily training basis. You know what I mean? So it's not... It's not something that's so hard in stone it's just kind of a good framework to work with you can change it up however way you want you can extend the time periods between each session whatever the case may be you can just take that as pretty much a structural bone and tailor it to your teaching ability okay so don't ever don't ever hesitate to use that as a good way of structuring things you know and another huge thing I always want to tell people is just go at one's own pace you know some people learn much slower some people can learn a lot faster and you know the the whole pressure of learning it and mastering it can be very daunting for a lot of people so again so many people have said this i've seen said this myself it is not a race when it comes to gloving it is a huge journey it's not even a marathon it is just a journey you're taking and embarking onto this journey of learning this art style that a lot of people don't know a whole lot about and it's something that intrigues you so do not Do not beat yourself up for not learning something so quickly or being so good so quickly, you know that, That's just defeating the purpose in my opinion and One of the things that I always like to do when I was teaching Good people was use, you know certain games that people use to kind of test their pupils and their learning ability so A good example is that there's a game out there called Glove, and it's basically the gloving equivalent of Horse. So, basically, one person will do a three-part move sequence, and the person has to replicate it almost identically. So, like, somebody's doing some tutting, you'll see, like, one, two, three, and whatever moves that they do, the other person has to reciprocate that, or replicate that, excuse me, And if they do, then they're fine. If they don't, they get a letter. And of course, what's the letters? It's gonna be Glove, so you got five chances to do it right. And whoever spells out the word Glove loses. I find this to be an invaluable, invaluable tool for you not only to test your pupil and their learning ability, but to actually, you know, to quiz them and actually push them to try to adapt. Um, That's that's one of the things I thoroughly enjoy about doing something like this is that you can throw some curveballs to your people and see if they're able to adapt and if they're unable to adapt that shows you where you need to focus on in their teaching. Okay, so. That's something I definitely wanted to pretty much kind of convey when it comes to the, like, the little weekly meetups. I always did it once a week. Every Saturday it was me, my younger brother, and my friend Dustin. We would all meet up on Saturday, and we would pretty much spend the majority of the day just practicing, teaching, and, you know, recording and all that stuff. That's, that was one of the things that we always liked doing. So, that's something I always wanted to convey. Now, when it comes to event attendance, I'm just going to blank it as an event attendance you can also count festivals in this but i usually just say events because sometimes when you're taking somebody new to it you don't want to take them to a big old festival on their first time kind of deal uh, I, I tend to like to take them to a much smaller event that there's not a whole lot of people so they don't feel a whole lot of pressure from a crowd you know what i mean kind of ease them into the whole paradigm of the event one major thing is use each other as warm-ups because it tends to be a thing you just need a warm-up a little bit And using each other as practice guinea pigs is going to be a great thing. One thing I always want to explain to a lot of pupils is to unlearn what you have learned through your lessons. And it's pretty much kind of just applying what you learned into practice and in the performance. But when you're actually out there in events and performing, you don't need to be sitting there thinking about whether or not you're actually doing it right. You just go with the flow, go with the the vibe of the, the atmosphere, you know don't let all the pressures of you trying to do it right cloud your judgment you know just kind of forget all about that you know you, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to sit there and focus on stuff like that you know and whatever amount of work you put into it is going to show you know so it's it's weird kind of mantra but it, it's something that i always try to tell people is just like once you're out there in the event and you're just kind of having a good time you just need to forget about all the stuff that you were learning Now i'm not saying just like forget it and then all of a sudden you don't know how to glove it's just don't sit there and focus on what you've learned so much and making and worrying about if you're doing it right or not because you're going to psych yourself out so, another thing that I love about event attendance is that you're going to meet other Glovers, hopefully, and you're going to have these chances to inspire each other as well as other people. Not only is the mentor and people are going to see things from each other, they're going to be like, Hey, I really like that. I'm going to work on that. But you're going to see other Glovers around there, are going to have ideas. And, you know, that gives the chance for the people to be like, Hey, I just saw him do this and stuff like that and try to replicate it. And again, more learning opportunities. So, that's something I always tell people. Now, there's a thing that I wrote on here that I pretty much said record when you can. Now, what I mean by recording, I do not mean setting up a camera and doing a show to the camera. What I I like to do is actually be giving a show to an actual person and have the person kind of record my show that I'm giving to that person. And it's because I feel like you put yourself in the situation where you're, you know, you're trying to do your best in front of a person and you're not doing it in front of a camera. And that's kind of the goal when you're there in in an event, you're trying to do it to people, not to a camera, but recording your performances to people with a camera is also going to be helpful because now you have pretty much video evidence of you to show and at your review and be like, Hey, you did that really well. Well that kind of looked a little sloppy. This is how you clean it up. It's, it's literally field work that you're bringing home that you can actually review. And I find that highly invaluable. Okay, so do not hesitate to have somebody record you when you give a show to somebody. That's something I always did when I went to pretty much the green room every Wednesday night in Flagstaff. I have a friend who always helped record a few of my shows. That way I can take them home and literally review them and enjoy them at the same time. That's just one of those things I always try to tell people that you need to do. Now, when it comes to the personal time, especially when it comes to pupils, you know, you just need to do your exercises daily. I will certainly say if you go on to HempFitness.com, they have plenty of tutorials and tools and resources that you need to do for your hand exercises for the overall health of your hands. Do never ever hesitate to go on there and use that stuff and use those exercises daily. Uh, I would say you can probably have a rest day in between every other day. So that way, every other day you're practicing and you have one day that you let your hands rest. Another great thing I always tell people is to use practice gloves, especially blackout gloves. They're the perfect practice gloves out there because they're so dirt cheap. And the white tips on the black gloves do help emulate what your lights are going to kind of look like. I'm not saying that they're going to be 100% like what lights look like, but they do kind of give you a good basic idea of what they're going to look like, okay? So, definitely purchase blackout gloves to use as practical gloves. I use them all the time because they're great, and they do help me understand where my finger placements are so I can understand where my lights are going to be, okay? So, that's something I always, always stress, especially to newcomers, okay? One thing that I also want to tell people who are going to be mentors is to study tutorials. There, there are resources and materials in these tutorials that help teach people. And if you're somebody who's not really good at teaching, maybe watching a few tutorials are going to help you learn how to teach somebody. And again, that's just one of those things that you're going to have to learn over time. You know, I didn't learn how to teach somebody within a day. You know, that took me a couple of years to actually get to where I am in terms of teaching please understand that when it comes to the mentors, pupils that, you know, sometimes they have to rehash how they teach things. And of course, I will always tell people that hand tools are always going to be the best investment. And I'm talking about things like the little fidget things that you see on handhealth.com, the the Chinese little medicine balls that people just kind of rotate in their hands. That's a great tool. I use those all the time. I like using those those are really fun, as well as being a very relaxing thing to do. So always, you know try to find a good price to actually invest in those because those you just buy them once and they're going to be there forever until you get rid of them all right so one thing i do want to stress when it comes to certain event stuff is event preparations and that's if you know who's going to be playing there i would highly suggest listening to a lot of their big hits because that's what they're going to be playing there a lot so that gives you kind of an idea of what kind of genre you're going to be dealing with and therefore kind of tailor what you're going to be doing in your shows. Because not every genre works with every kind of concept out there, you know what I mean? So doing that and one of, one of the big things I always like to tell people is stretching and nutrition are very, very important to be addressed before you go to the show, especially the day of the show. I would be eating a lot, eating a lot of healthy things so that when when you go, you are very, pretty much vitalized and you have enough nutrition to actually work throughout the night. Again, drink plenty of water uh, and stretching is going to help make sure your muscles are actually ready for the undertaking that they're going to be going into by doing this, right? And of course, the top thing's all off. Getting a fresh pair of whites and some batteries is always a good thing if you're very money conscious like I am I usually just kind of wash my gloves with a lot of bleach to make sure they can be as white as possible there will be times after a while I will buy a new set of gloves that's just kind of how it goes because over time they're just gonna be so worn out so don't ever hesitate to do that I usually if I'm going to be buying more gloves and batteries I usually buy in bulk just because that way they will last me a lot longer I can certainly tell you a pack of a hundred batteries can last me over a year in terms of of usage. So definitely wanted to stress that. So finally, we're getting down to the final words of this episode. And these are the things I feel like are very, very important to understand. Okay. So the first thing is, is, you know, for mentors, definitely learn how to adapt your teaching skill just because people learn very differently. And if you learn how to teach people in different ways, that's gonna make you better as a mentor because you're gonna learn into how to address different learning styles. And that's very, very important. Another huge thing that I always want to stress to a lot of people is allow time for growth. So you can do a weekly meetup and the way I always did it is one week will be like teaching, right? So I'm, I'm teaching them a concept, I'm teaching them how to, how to understand the concept, how to break down the concept and how to use the concept. Then the next week, it's not as much of them learning something new. It is literally reviewing and augmenting what they have learned from the previous week. So one week will be lesson, next week will be review kind of deal. you know. And if they're having trouble learning something, now you have the opportunity to help them learn even further. But it allows that time for growth and allowing the lessons that you're trying to impart on your pupils to actually really set in. Okay, and again, weekly meetups, in my opinion, are fantastic. It gives, you know, allows you to break things down into bite-sized chunks, basically, for your people to actually learn. And that whole week that, you know, after the meetup that they learn something, they should be spending that entire week just practicing on that very fundamental learning ability. That way it allows it to grow on them. All right, and especially when it comes to weekly meetups, you know. Not every weekly meetup has to be like a new lesson that they have to master within that week, you know what I mean? So one week is lesson, next week is review, next week after that is lesson, and next one after that's review. Or you can even do lesson review review, whatever it works for you, or whatever works for your people. You know, some some people are just slow learners, it's just how it is. <laughs> you know? And the final thing I definitely want to impart on the people who want to be mentors is be happy for your pupils when they do kind of surpass you in terms of learning ability. Um, it, it's something that I, first I was kind of struggling with because it's just like, well, if I'm not better than them, then how can I be a mentor? When that is not the case at all. Mentors are just as human beings as the pupils. And, you know, they're, there's a limit to them that they have learned over their time and they're still learning themselves. Uh, you know, no one's ever truly just this, ultimate master and that's what it is and that's who they're going to be forever you know there's always lessons to be learned even as a master okay <laughs> so when when your pupils actually get through the ability to where you are at you should be very very happy because now not only do you have a pupil but now you have a peer where you can actually sit there and you know bounce ideas off of each other you know now you kind of have that whole dynamic between you two so do not do not be angry when they actually get to that point be very happy that they learn much quicker than you because now you're going to be able to grow with them much more easily in my opinion so that is pretty much all for my episode i really hope you guys enjoyed this episode so far i certainly enjoyed doing this episode and i can't really express how much i actually enjoy teaching people and this is one of the things why i'm doing this podcast because i like teaching people How to not necessarily reevaluate things, but to just look at things in different ways so you can actually, you know, just kind of look, seeing things in different ways is going to help you actually learn how to look at things in different ways or actually just learn things in different ways, basically. So, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. I do want to take this time at the very end to thank everybody who has liked the page so far. Holy crap, did you guys really, really tick up in terms of likes on the page. I'm very, very excited. I'm. Last time I checked, I was at 80. So I'm hoping for another 20 people to like the page. And once I actually hit 100, I kind of want to do a whole Ask Me Anything episode. So hopefully you guys are spreading the word around so that can actually happen. Because I would really like to do that. Uh, I will certainly say that I am on my way of working on getting another light product so i can actually do a review of that and i also kind of want to ask you guys a good question if i was buying buying certain light products like for example from like futuristic lights or from amazing lights or from candy creations whatever light companies are out there that during the time that i'm actually studying and you know working around and understanding these new products if you guys would actually like me to do a live stream where Not only am I tinkering around with these new lights to learn and try to pretty much break them down, but to have you there with me to really analyze the chips themselves and giving your guys' thoughts and opinions on these lights or whatever products I do reviews on. That way it'd be a little bit more fun for me and you. That's kind of something I want to do. So... Definitely want to get your guys' thoughts and opinions on that. Where you can give me your thoughts and opinions, that's a very good question. I actually have a Facebook page, which is aptly named The Gloving Paradigm. You can always message me there. I be I try to be as responsive as soon as possible. I usually am very quick at responsing, so just you have that place. I also have my email, which is aptly named muttonchopguy.gmail.com. If you do not want to publicize your thoughts and opinions so everyone can see it, you can always email me there. No one will ever know. And of course you can find me on reddit under the username muttonchopguy if you're also on reddit you'll find me there. And lastly I also have a discord server which the e- link to that will be in this episode's description and you can hit me up there. I also am trying to build on that a little bit more to make it much more functional. I know I've been neglecting it so definitely would like to hear all of your guys' opinions and thoughts on this subject matter. Please do not hesitate to talk to me about it. I do have plenty of time to sit around and talk to people, so don't hesitate to talk to me about it. I always like having a discussion. But once again, thank you to everyone who's liked the page. Please try to spread the love and spread the channel out a little bit further so we can probably get this whole Q&A thing that I would like to do. And also, like to get your guys' thoughts and opinions on the whole live streaming idea that I have because I thought it would be a pretty fun idea, not for myself, but for everybody who listens to this quite frequently but other than that that's pretty much it for my episode once again i am your host peter aka lpd8 dubuque and i'll see you guys all next week